Well, I've chosen for our message today, I've entitled it Full Tank, High Octane. And this goes right along with our verse today. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. So as we begin, let us pray. Dear God, we are so thankful we can be here this beautiful Thanksgiving Sabbath. And we are praying for your blessing as we go into our little health uh, seminar today. May your grace be upon us, and we are praying for your spirit to be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So many years ago, I'm talking about now full tank and high octane. I was a pilot in the Air Force. And I want to just tell you about one mission, one trip we went on. We, we took a flight from Charlotte, North Carolina, and we went to Hawaii, to Hickam Air Force Base in Hawaii. And when we got ready to return, the fuel officer would only give us three quarters of fuel to fly back home. And we didn't think too much of that. I mean, who wants to fly out over the ocean with three quarters fuel if you don't have to? But he wasn't budging. And so we, we tried our best to, to get him to give us the full tank, but it, it wasn't happening. But it just so happened that we had our commander with us, and he was a general. Now, he was a pilot also, but he was leaving the flying to us. But he was with us. So we told him about the situation. So he went to the fuel officer, who was a major. So you got a general, and then you got a major, all right? And so he went to the major. He said, Major, I understand you're only going to give us three-quarters fuel to fly back to the mainland. And the major said, yes, sir, that's correct. There's a new directive. That's the best we can do, sir. And the general said, well, major, that does present a problem. Because you see, I like to fly with my tanks full. And the major just had two words to say to the general. You got it. Yes, sir. And we flew home with full tanks. So when Major D, that's the D stands for the devil, comes to you and he says, look, you can get by on three quarters. Everything's going to be just fine. You tell him, your heavenly father is the highest ranking general in the universe. And he wants us to have a full tank, spiritually, physically, and in every way. And he even tells us where we can get this full tank. It comes down through the olive branches, down through the golden candelabras, through the, the seven um, candlesticks. And it's for the asking. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And it's for sinners like you and me. You being evil. Know how to give good gifts unto our children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And so God wants us to have a full tank. And he wants us to be in health. He says, I want above all things, I pray that you may prosper. And in all things, be in health just as your soul prospers. We learn in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, the Bible says to us, If you will diligently heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. 
And in Deuteronomy 7.15, the Lord says, The Lord will take away from you all sickness. Psalms 105 says, There was not one feeble person among your tribes. And then there's this quote. When it, in talking about these verses I just, we just read, it says in Desire of Ages, page 823, this is a little quote, it says, These lessons are for us. There are conditions to be observed by all who would preserve health. All should learn what these conditions are. The Lord is not pleased with ignorance in regard to his laws, either natural or spiritual. We are to be workers together with God for the restoration of our health to the body as well as to the soul. And so he, he wants us to be healthy and he wants us to teach others. He wants us to lead others to the Savior. And so he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So there's a formula out there when it comes to our health. And it's just as fantastic as maybe Einstein's E equals MC squared. And it says this, Future health equals nutrients, that's a big N, divided by calories. So if we want to have health, we got to have food that is filled with nutrients. And those kind of foods, generally speaking, are pretty low in calories. So high nutrients, low calories. But we have come into a situation right before Jesus is about to come. You know, we've been living now in the time of the end. Anybody know how many years we've been in what we call the time of the end? Want to take a guess? Long time. 175 years we have been in the time of the end. That's that period of time right before the end of time from Daniel's prophecy in Daniel chapter 9. And now we're right down at the, in the toes of his image, remember, Right before Jesus is about to come, and every kind of deception, every kind of distraction is coming upon us. But not only that, now we are confronted, not just spiritually, but even physically. Because now we are confronted with something that's very sad. It's called the standard American diet. Sad. And the problem with it is, it doesn't have high nutrients and low calories, it's just the opposite. It has High calories, highly refined, very low nutrients, and very low fiber. And it's killing us. You see, God wants us to be not on the sad diet. He wants us to be on the glad diet. That stands for good, loving, awesome, and delicious. I kind of made that up. I don't know how far it's going to go, but uh, <clears throat> you can run with it yourself if you want to. But anyway... So, I'm going to talk about the GLAD diet, but let's just go back and look at the SAD diet just for a few minutes. And there's a condition that's affecting all of us, and it's called insulin. Let me see if I can get this to go here. Maybe I won't. Yeah, insulin resistance. And it's a condition that is affecting 80% of us, and that's 260 million Americans. 
It's leading to a condition, all kinds of lifestyle conditions that are affecting all of us. For example, prediabetes affects 84 million Americans and diabetes itself, 30 million, not to mention heart disease and strokes and all the rest of it. And so it's a very serious condition that's affected in us and it's affecting us because it is a, it's affecting us through our diet and we're going to look at it. I just want to go right into the, the whole thing here. It's a, it's a known cause of diabetes and if we intuitively understand it, we're going to understand what we got to do to conquer this problem. Now, so we're going to go right and look into the cells, right down to the cells of our body. So before I do that, how many, just somebody tell me, just take a guess. How many cells do you think are in the human body? How many? Well, boy, you were pretty close. Man, if you had it exactly right, I was going to give you a donut. But uh, that would be pretty bad. Maybe we should have... Tim, you could give them a book or something, right? You, that would be better. The health director shouldn't be giving you donuts for... Okay, 37. Let me, let me just do... That was pretty good. Trillion. Usually people say million, billion, something like that. Here it is. 37.2 trillion. Could we not say praise the Lord? Are we not fearfully and wonderfully made? And so every one of those cells needs energy, and that energy is called glucose. Now, I know some of you are medical people in here, and I'm not. I'm, the, I'm just the health director of the Florida Conference. So have mercy on me as we get into this, because I'm not medically trained. But here's the thing. Every one of those cells need, needs glucose for energy. That's the primary energy of the body. And, and just pretend for a second that, that these cells are represented by these houses in a development in the streets or the arteries and or the are like our arteries for the blood supply. Okay, so every one of those cells is like the house. And let's just say we went to the grocery store and we're pulling back up to the house and we have all this food, this energy to get into our house, but the house is locked. So how are we going to get into the house? Well, in our bodies, the key is called insulin. That's the thing that interfaces with our cells, 37-point trillion. And maybe whoever said 25 trillion is probably right. Who knows? But it, I guess it depends how big we are. <laughs> but anyway, that's the, the insulin is the key. It's a hormone. It's a protein, the drug in our body that opens up the cells and allows the insulin in. And so it goes into our cells. It's, and and our, this little diagram of a cell it's like a little furnace in there, or the, the energy goes in, and it burns the energy, and then some of it is stored as glycogen, which is our fight and flight kind of energy, but also as fat. Insulin is a drug, uh, a fat storing hormone. Okay, so I just want to show you what a normal metabolism kind of looks like. We eat our food, we'll get to do that pretty soon, and when that happens, the food uh, is goes through our digestive system, it goes into our blood stream as the glucose, the sugar, the energy. And when that, our body senses that, our pancreas makes insulin. And the insulin rides through with the sugar, goes into our, those 37 trillion cells, it opens up the cells, lets the, the, the glucose go in, that's our energy. That's how we stay alive. That's how we function. And then when that happens, then our blood sugar comes back down, normal, because now all the energy is inside our cells. And 
we're pretty normal until the next meal, and then it all starts over again. But this is what happens in insulin resistance. Because the kind of food that we're ending up getting is very highly refined and high calorie and very low in nutrients, we end up, the same process starts going, but we start overfeeding ourselves. Why is that? Because our body wants high, full tank, and it wants a high octane energy. And if it doesn't get it, it starts looking for it. One way or another, and we get hungry and we start eating more, and the next thing you know, these cells start getting overfed. And when that happens, it starts making what's called this gummy material in there that kind of locks up the insulin and it won't let it open up the cell. And all that energy cannot get in. And we start actually starving on the inside. That's what doctors are telling us. And so when that happens, a whole lot of metabolism problems start happening. And we start gaining weight or we start um, not, we, we start becoming what's called insulin resistance. So we're kind of going this way on the road when we really want to be going this way on the road. And so we got to figure out a way to, to stop this. Now, some of the problems with insulin resistance are high cholesterol, high triglycerides, high blood pressure. Everything starts going high. It's kind of like a thermometer in our car getting stuck, I guess, and it just starts running hot and high. And so we have to figure out what to do about this. And basically, it's... Insulin resistance is a condition where our energy intake is greater than our energy spent. So how do we, how do we solve this problem? Well, I'm gonna, you, I guess we're, we're done with the pictures. That's enough slides for right now. But I want to just talk to you before we, we go into the solution for this, a little carbohydrate sugar chemistry. So I brought some things to show you. I brought these a couple golf balls. We're going to let... Um, I hope I don't lose them here. Let's see. We got one, two, three. Okay, so we're going to let this white one be the sugar galactose. Okay, so these, are, these two were going to be the non-essential sugars, and this one's going to be the essential. This is glucose. This is essential for us, all right? This is fructose. This is non-essential. And this is galactose, non-essential. This is the one, the milk sugar, you know, that's why I picked it for white. Okay, so that's, people get lactose intolerant, that's the milk sugar. All right, so we're going to put that one away. I'm not going to talk about that too much. Well, let's just talk about, start with the glucose. Okay, so if you have, this is a glucose molecule, just pretend. If you have two of them together, that's called maltose. And you find it in cereal and beer and pasta and potatoes, all that kind of stuff. But at any rate, that can break down in our digestive system, go right into the bloodstream pretty fast. Okay, now if it's a little longer, it's called starch. And some people who have diabetes, that starch may spike their sugar because it goes right into the system. But let's just say <clears throat> it's a little bit longer. Then it's called a resistant starch. So if you have a hot baked potato and you, if that spikes you, if you put it in the refrigerator instead of eat it, you put it in the refrigerator for about 24 hours, it kind of forms those bonds again and it becomes a resistant starch. And so instead of eating it hot, you eat it cold and make a potato salad or something out of it and it won't spike you. 
But if it's way out here like this, a whole string of molecules of glucose, that's, anybody know what that's called? It's called what? Fiber. So a whole string is fiber, and a real long string like that is called cellulose. And that's the kind that doesn't break down very well in our bodies. And it's for the roughage, it's for our bowels, that kind of thing. But let's just talk about the fiber. The fiber forms a gel in our bodies. It doesn't break down, doesn't go right into our digestive system. It breaks down and makes a, it doesn't break down, and it makes like a, a, a gel in our digestive. And so when the other food, the other sugars and everything start coming through, it holds them in suspension, and it won't release them so quickly into the bloodstream. And it keeps us from spiking our sugar and our insulin. It kind of stabilizes everything. That's why fiber is so important. Now, if you have, this is fructose. Fructose, and if these two are together, sucrose and fructose, anybody know what that's called? That's called, I'm sorry, fructose and glucose Anybody know what, I gave it away, I think. Glucose and fructose. Does anybody know what that's called? Sucrose, that's right. And what is sucrose? It's table sugar. And the American Heart Association tells us that table sugar, we're only supposed to have six tablespoons spoons a day. And that's for, for you gals. Nine, nine, us guys can have nine. And that, that's er everywhere you, you could possibly get sugar. The, and now, but the problem is it's, uh, it's, it's in grams most of the time on the box. And so there you have to do a little calculating. It's four grams in a teaspoon. Okay, so if you have six times four is 24. So the girls get 24 grams. And nine times four is 36. So the guys get 36 grams a day. In our country today, under this standard American diet, the SAD diet, the average American is eating about three times that. And back in the 1800s, a family would eat 10 pounds of sugar in a year. Today, we're up to 154 pounds of sugar in a year. And what happens is, with this fructose, it doesn't behave the way... This is the essential fuel, glucose. This is non-essential fuel. But when it goes, it, it, this, this processes and goes right through the digestive system. It goes right into the bloodstream. And then the insulin opens up the cells, and that's what our body burns. But this doesn't do that. This, this cannot go through our digestive system that way. It has to go through the liver to be processed in a very complicated way. I don't understand it, but I'm just telling you, I know that's what the doctors say it has to happen. So when, when this goes through the liver to be processed, comes out 40% glucose, but the rest is some kind of insulin-resistant thing, high tri triglycerides, or some the bad cholesterol that we can get, or so all this inflammation problems we can have. This is kind of our enemy. Now, you could say, okay, but isn't fructose in some fruit? Yeah, it is. In some ripe-type fruits, you can find fructose and in berries and things like that. But you see the difference is that that's a big difference between high fructose corn syrup because when God packages something, he packages it 
with high nutrients and high fiber. In other words, when God gives it to us, it comes out perfect. And we, our bodies can handle it. But if you get it manufactured at a very highly refined thing, and today I'm going to talk about sugar in the afternoon, and a little bit about fats, a little bit about carbo- uh, uh, proteins, just a little. So we, it'll only take, a, I won't go for more than 45 minutes or something like that, maybe even less. But the point is, <clears throat> so come this afternoon, we'll learn a little bit more about it. But the, the good news is when God gives us any of these things, he packages it perfectly. And it's a healthy thing for us to eat. But when we get it refined, grains and sugar and fats and all this other stuff manufactured, then we get into the problem. And that's where we really get into a big problem. So, with that little bit of chemistry, let's just look at the solution. So, the solution is, as we all probably know, to have a high nutrient and a very high fiber diet. And those are low calorie foods. They are the kind of foods that are green, leafy vegetables, and the beans and legumes and the fruits and all of that stuff. And then you come up the triangle and all that other stuff kind of has got to be eaten less and less and less. And when you get up to the very top, high fructose corn syrup, which is in just about everything that we put our hands on, got to be held back to a very, very minimum. So how many grams of fiber do we need in a day anyway? Anybody want to take a guess? 35? 50? Okay. That's pretty good. If, you're, if we're diabetic, we probably want to work it up to 50, slowly get it up there within a month's time. You don't want to go too fast. You might make yourself sick, but you get up there. But say 50 is what they recommend. And for just normal existence, maybe 35 for a woman, 45 grams for a man, something like that. But how much are we actually getting? How much is the average American getting? That's the next question. How much? You got it. My goodness, that's awesome. That's right. 16. And so that's, okay, now since you did that, you got to do the rest of the math. How much short are we? A lot. You got it. Okay, so we're like two or three times short of what we need. So we got to do something about that. So how do we get it? We, start, have, to, we have to start eating a lot of plant-based food because that's the only place there's any fiber. We don't get it in animal-type foods. So, you know, we, we have to eat just that, that triangle that I, I'm kind of like trying to describe here where the, the base has all of the really good, very high-fiber-type foods, green leafy spinach and all that kind of stuff, and, then you, and kale and everything, and then you start going up, 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 up like this, and you start narrowing it down to where you don't want to touch some of the stuff at the top. So, number one, plant-based diet. But there's one other thing we got to start doing. If we want to go from insulin-resistant, the wrong direction, and by the way, we may be down here in the epitome of health, in really good health, but if we're going the wrong way, that's not a good thing, is it? But we may also be over here where we're really pushing up against some lifestyle diseases, but if we're going this way into the insulin-sensitive direction, then we're on the right road, going the right way. And that's what we're trying to get to. So there's hope for all of us to kind of do a repentance U-turn and get going the right way on the road with our health. God wants us to be spiritually 
strong, but he also wants us to be physically strong as well. And so this, the first thing, to, to do some serious contemplating about what we're eating and be very careful. But the second thing is exercise. And I want to tell you three phases of it. And today, when you come over here, we're going to do it. Okay, I'm not going to make you do it in church. You can just relax. But here's the first one. And that is we need to do some weight training. So go out and buy you some golf balls or something and do a little weight training, you know. Get your muscles firmed up and strong. That's number one. The second thing they tell us is after you eat, we should take like a 20-minute walk. Because it's, it's an insulin-sensitive kind of thing to be doing. It opens up our cells. It allows the, our blood sugar to, to go down a lot. As a matter of fact, it, it opens it up like 14 times versus eating a big meal and taking a nap. That's not the way to go. So if we can, after we eat, you, we might have to be a little creative. But go and get a little, not strong exercise. I don't mean running or anything like that. I'm talking about a walk. That's one of the best things the doctors, at least that I've studied under um, talking about these kind of things, have told us to do is it really opens up our body and starts to take us in the right direction. That's the first, that's the first kind of thing with exercise. The second thing is some kind of interval burst training. So what's that? Okay, let me just demonstrate it. Okay, so you should do this like start with three times a week. And you're going to just, this is active rest like this, okay? So don't make it into a dance, especially in church. But, you know, you just active rest. And you do that for like a minute, okay? And then you're going to launch into more active for 30 seconds, 25, 30, work up to about 30 seconds. Jogging, you know, or I'll show you a bunch of them this afternoon, okay? I started doing this, and my legs are still killing me from this, because I, this is nine times more effective than just getting on a treadmill and just walking. It's, it's, or just even a slow jog. And I found going around my neighborhood, it's like a, a mile and a half. If I would do this walk, not fast, just, a, just an easy walk for about a minute and then into a jog. Now you, I mean a sprint, not a jog, but a sprint. Now you, I, I would try that. And I'm almost 70 in about a, one more month. So, you know, uh, we, you can do it, but just be careful. You could pull some muscles, and it takes forever for those to heal. So you want to just, when I do it, I, I kind of just do it a slow jog at first for the first mile or so, and then I start getting a little faster as I really, really get warmed up. But I find that I can go faster around the thing by walking and sprinting than just a slow jog. And it, it, it will burn in your cells 72 hours after you do this. It's amazing how good this burst interval training is for you. In addition to that, it's, it's like uh, it keeps our, when, when we do this exercise, it, it'll keep our, our insulin and our sugar from spiking. You know, it makes a huge, a huge difference um, when, we, when we do this exercise. So the high fiber keeps it from spiking keeps things much more stable in our system, and this exercise like this. And we're going to go over it this afternoon. So, in conclusion, I wanted to just tell you that, you know, when we look at the situation that God has blessed us with, I mean, here, here we find ourselves at 
the most exciting period in the history of the world to live. It couldn't get any better. Don't you agree? And, I mean, the Lord is about to come. Every indication is here. It's going to happen to somebody. And he wants us to be ready in every way. We have been given the privilege and the high honor of representing him to the entire unfallen worlds of the universe and also to all of our brothers and sisters on this planet. And he wants us to be ready to do it. We have been in what is called the antitypical day of atonement for 175 years. Surely the time is wrapping up faster than we could ever imagine. And so God says, I want to read this little portion that I already read to you. It says, the Lord is not pleased with ignorance regarding to his laws, either natural or spiritual. And then, and then it goes on to say, we are to be workers together with God for the restoration of our health to the body as well as to the soul. But he, he wants us to know about his laws. When we think about his law, where is it? Well, we look up, and right now we know that there is a tribunal going on in heaven. In the most holy place in the heavenly sanctuary in heaven. And the Bible says in the book of Daniel that there are 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's over 100 million present in that tribunal, in that great convocation in heaven this very moment. And the books are open, and the court is seated. And right before it is the Ark of the Covenant. And inside the Ark of the Covenant is the Holy Ten Commandments, the law of God. God has placed his law in the highest and most holy place in the universe. There isn't any place more holy and high in the universe than the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary. And so we ask ourselves, there's 100 million at that, at that congregation. Is that our salvation? No, they are not. Is the law of God placed in the highest and most holy place our salvation? No, it is not. The only one that is our salvation is the one who's presiding over that, and that is Christ and Christ alone. He is our salvation, and he is the one who's saying he wants us to be ready in every way. He wants us to follow his spiritual laws. He wants us to follow his natural laws. And the Lord is not pleased with ignorance regarding to these things. And we are to be workers together with God for the restoration of our health to the body as well as to the soul. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and in all things be in health just as your soul prospers. You see, God wants us to be filled. He wants us to fly full tank, both spiritually and physically, and he wants it to be high octane. Let us pray. Dear God, we are grateful. We are grateful for the privileges you have placed upon us. And we are only beginning to understand. You have called upon us to represent you to the entire universe, to the entire world that we live in. And you want us to be in the very best condition we possibly can be. In, in physically, spiritually, and in every way. May you continue to bless us. Bless this church of Tallahassee. Thank you for their involvement in, in spiritual things and in health things as they want to continue to do. But you, may you just continue to bless this beautiful congregation. And may you bless us to, this afternoon as we, we continue in learning more on how to take care of of the bodies that which you have made that are fearfully and wonderfully made. We thank you in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you and thank you so much.